In the heart of the state of the art, at the dawn of the next stage in entertainment, you found no proscenium. indeed found no proscenium the voice of everything immersive i'm your host noah nelson and welcome to episode 365 this week on the show we sit down with jeb terry ceo of cosm a new company with surprisingly deep roots that is building an immersive venue in la's hollywood park right by sofi stadium that will leverage dome projection technology to bring fans close into the action in everything from concerts and themed entertainment to live sporting events. This is an exciting conversation with the head of a company that's making big plays and has huge ambitions. And here's the thing, they've got the tech stack to back it up. I went in a blank slate into this interview and came out very intrigued by what Cosm is building. And I think you will be as well. And while that interview is what's on the pod this week, it's not all that's up at NoPro. Yesterday, we dropped an article and two videos from Andrew Hefner, creator of Bottom of the Ocean, detailing how he took his passion project and turned it into a new full-time job. This set, which you'll find on the front page of NoPro, was produced by Andrew, who wants to share out what he learned with the NoPro audience. The videos are a before and after the opening of Boto and the Gymnopedi venue, with the first made in 2019 and the follow-up made just this year, which makes it a fascinating pairing. Links in the show notes. Two more notes while we're on the subject. First up, Bottom of the Ocean will end its always sold-out run on December 21st of this year, so... When the last tranche of tickets come up, I hope you get lucky enough to get them. Uh, It's going to take a miracle for me to get to see the show for all the reasons why I'm always in Los Angeles. Uh, And one more thing about Andrew. Uh, We'd like to thank the donor who made a $150 gift to NoPro in Andrew's name. And no, it wasn't Andrew, but someone he helped out. And then Andrew chose to have them help us out. And that's, well, it's just great to have someone in your corner the way Andrew has been in ours. And there's just been a lot of that lately. Uh, So seriously, man, thanks. A couple of more things that you should know about. Okay, we're talking about shows ending their runs. Well, Particle Inc. Speed of Dark, which is another can't-miss show of 2022, has announced its final extension in Las Vegas. They're booking now through December 4th, having had a run of about six months now, So grab those while you can. We're crossing our fingers and toes that there's another instance in the future. But just in case, go, 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 go before it's gone. If you can. Uh, Trust me, it's worth it. And if it's not, if you don't think so, meh, well, we disagree. And then just, you know, know if I say something's good, just never go to it ever again. Okay. Uh, (laughs) 
Uh, no pro backers also can score a $5 discount on November tickets to 40 Watts from Nowhere here in Los Angeles. That's the show we featured last week on the podcast. Also a link in the show notes for our backers for that. And the Denver Immersive Gathering is officially sold out. Attendees should check their email because schedules and action items are coming your way as the event is coming up in just one week as I'm recording this, which is a reminder that there will be no podcast next week as I will be in Denver, but we are coming back from that break with a huge episode. Felix Barrett, Artistic Director of Punch Drunk, is our guest for episode 366. And now... A shout out to those who have helped push us over the halfway mark on our 5k a month funding goal, our latest and returning backers, starting with Andy Barnes of the Immersive Experience Network in London, who upped his pledge to help keep us going. We'll be touching base with Andy on his work there uh, before long. And also hello to new backers, Elizabeth Hayes and Rebecca Evans. This leaves us just five backers short of our other goal for October, 400 total backers. We are so close. So if you can, please jump in and back us at www.patreon.com slash no proscenium. And if you already do, or if times are tight, like they are for me, take a moment to drop us a review on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice and help spread the word. I know it's silly. You hear it all the time. You're like, "Eh, it doesn't matter. It actually helps. So if you can, particularly if you're already a backer, Help, help us out that way. Take, take a moment. Two lines. Uh, a tweet's worth of, of text is all you need. Uh, we're also on the lookout for community partners who are up for working out special deals for our backers. A few more people have hit us up, so there's going to be more in the feed not too long from now, hopefully. Hit me up at noah at noprosidium.com to work out some details. Uh, and as always, big thanks to our sustaining backers who keep us going month after month. Ari Hurston, Chris Woolman, Samantha Davison, Eric Shamlin, Elaine, Jay Bushman, Jerome Joseph Gentes, Wynne Thorne, David Bassick, Richard Ayers, Lonnie Hanson, Sidney Guillory, and Jan Budman. Thank you all. And now, the show. We are here in lovely Playa Vista, California. I'm sitting across from Jeb Terry, the CEO of Cosm, which is a very exciting company that popped up on NoPro's radar not too long ago because of two things. The Artemis launch, which keeps on getting pushed back, unfortunately. Yes, yes it does. It's a moving target. We all know that. And the fact that you're going to be opening a facility not too far from where we are right now in Inglewood, right by the recently opened NFL stadium. And just so everyone knows, and I will cop to this on the air, I forgot to hit record everybody. So poor Jeb <laughs> is going to have to redo some of what he just did. And he did it. He did it very well. We were having a lot of good momentum. And then I looked down and I was like, I got some bad news. So, well, you know, <laughs> one of the things that we have the opportunity to do now is talk about this in-person interview. Yeah, we missed that. This is your only second in four years. I or think so? I think it's like fourth, and like the first time I went out and did an in person. So so far, I've done in person with the folks at Little Cinema. I did the folks from Impact Museums who work out of Lighthouse. Okay, okay, immersive, and and they're going to come up in a second because um, they already did. <laughs> well, look, the fact that we're in person is so much better. 
Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Like, instead of us doing this over Zoom, we're able to do it in person. I hate this, Zoom. We have human element here. It's the same core thesis of what we're doing at Cosm. Yeah. It's the connectivity, the human element that plays here. And so now we, we're seeing it happen in real time, right? The fact that we're here in person is uh, what we're all about. So break down, break down Cosm again for yeah. me, yeah. but for the first time for, for the listeners, because uh, you've got you've got a you've got an interesting frame here for what you're up to. Yep. Um, so Cosm, uh, when we when we talk about Cosm, it's about a hundred story elevator pitch, right? It's not like that quick two second blurb of we are the X of Y. Eventually, we are going to be the Q tip of the immersive industry. It's just Cosm, <laughs> like that's what it is. That's a goal. That's like, a good one. Yeah. How do you say what a cotton swab is on a little stick, right? It's like now it's the Q tip, right? Can so, I fit a full Cosm in my ear though, or is that not recommended? <laughs> Am I supposed to use my elbow or elbows? All okay, the elbow. Way. Okay, elbows all the way. But like that—that's the aspiration, right? And it's about redefining the way the world experiences content. We talk a lot about what we deliver to that end user, that fan, and the through line is always experience. And so at Cosm, we've been out really working hard to get a vertically integrated company that does has a lot of disciplines to deliver our experience, right? And that is the core always of the offering is that experience. And so a lot of people don't know the foundation of Cosm is a company called Evans and Sutherland, um, one of the world's leading engineering companies. And matter mm. of fact, we're the world's leading planetarium company. We have 700 uh, planetariums okay. around the world. Okay. Right. That's so, where the planetarium partners on the Artemis launch. Correct. So, like Liberty, Griffith, Adler, Shanghai, you name it, we power the most planetariums in the world. Our software. All right. We've also built the domes, the hardware, the structure that these planetariums have as well. We've done some of the biggest and best theme park rides that you've probably been on that use domes. Um, fantastic partners of ours. We've been doing it for a really long time. People just haven't really understood the full scale of it. What makes a good dome show, a good dome experience in your mind? Because I've seen, I have seen really good ones. And I've also seen a lot of stuff that doesn't seem to understand that it's in a dome. To me, it starts with whose dome is it? Mm. If it's a bad dome, it's going to be a bad show. It's going to be a bad experience at the end of the day. Right. And so I think the key of understanding that like that form factor, we really talk about like a doubly curved display, whether it's a slice or a torus or a dome. But it's this notion of depth of content and that the fact that the crowd can be immersed in the content is what's really the through line here. Because think about what a planetarium is. Its whole goal is to take you to space. Yeah. It's been doing it for decades. The first experiential venue or immersive theater was a planetarium, right? It's really hard to get around that fact. The goal is come into the planetarium, go to space, be wild and amazed, taken away. So now you think about how do you apply that kind of core thinking to a broader genre, right? Of, you know, we talk about live sports entertainment quite a bit now. Um, bringing in LED, bringing in game engine technology, really making it compatible with what we have and what we've built. Now you open up the aperture of the use case of that form factor, and it doesn't just be, have to be a bespoke full dome, full dome format. It can, be, it can almost be any type of content that can be ingested and shown. And so now that's where it starts to get really interesting because the goal is to make the technology disappear. Right. And let the content be the hero. So when you look at something like what's going on down here in Manhattan Beach, not far from here, where you've got Lucasfilm doing their stagecraft magic, adapting out of Unreal, putting on the volume, now it's fully proprietary, and they're creating these spaces with a combination of physical elements in the set, but then the whole, the whole background is the rendered world and game engine. 
but it's photorealistic. Are you talking about bringing some of that to the public as experiential? Oh, 100%. How do we put you inside the content? But not just singularly or in a headset. How do we put you in a scale, right, with other fans? Like, we talk about the word fan a lot. And my background, I'm a sports guy, right? We all know that. Like, fans of sport. But it's also fans of cinema, fans of music, fans of art, fans of technology. A fan can be of anything out there, right? So how do we, as Cosm, think about delivering a world-class experience to a fan, regardless of genre, right? Uh, you see that in what we're doing with the Artemis Live launch, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's like giving this unique perspective, this transportive nature of seeing this amazing feat, right? But now streaming it live into the planetarium network that we work with and, and giving the fans of that an amazing experience. Now, you think about what we do there and now 100 exit, and that's what's going to be happening with our Cosm venue here in Los Angeles. Really leaning on the best of breed, the experience that our companies have had for decades. 75 years, by the way, we've been okay. in this business. Okay. Right? A lot of people had not known that. ENS was a public company. We bought it, took it private, and been able to reinvest in the core, add additional team members with different insights, open up some more offices. And now we're able to really take all that great tech and experience and express it in new ways. Now, one of the things that's incredible, incredibly important to understand is we operate in three verticals, right, of our business. Science education is the hero, right? We've been doing it a long time. It's very important to us um, and will always be. Theme parks and attraction space, mentioned it briefly, but we've been in that space a long time. Some of the biggest, best experiential and dark rides leverage our dome tech and software. And then now the sports entertainment vertical. And I say it all the time, but the through line is experience. Whenever you come through those doors and want to experience new, new unique content, it's about, it's about the fans and, and what they do with, with that content and that experience. To dial in on, on sport for a second, I said sport because I've been talking to a lot of British people. Uh, apologies to the rest of us red-blooded Americans. I'll say sports from here on out. Uh, when we talk about sports, the fan experience is something that gets talked up so much when a new stadium is constructed. And there's a lot of, you know, research and market development in that. How are you looking at, you know, replicating or, or differentiating a bit from the kind of stuff that happens in a stadium or, or finding a way to, you know, teleport that? Because I can imagine a world where, all right, it, you know, the Cosm setup is here down by Inglewood. Uh, there's a Rams game going on, but someone wants to see, you know, uh, the Giants play in a totally different game. And, and there's a there's a big Giants fan base here. There's not a big Giants fan base here. Yeah, actually, there's probably there some here, there's actually. Some. You know, you, you'd be, you know, there's enough. Enough to fill there's a Cosm? Enough, enough right, to fill exactly a Cosm? Right. I don't know. It's a great it's a great. <laughs> Maybe the Chargers, while well, the Rams are playing the Chargers, folks get to go over, right? You know, it's a great question because... <laughs> We don't want to replace the stadium and arena experience. That's a fantastic game experience. We want to make that more accessible for more people. All right. There's a stat, and I, you know, I, you never want to quote stats because you never know if you're just quite right. But I am. It is over ninety percent. I like to say ninety nine percent of fans of the NBA, for example, never will set foot inside of an NBA arena, ever. Yeah. Right. So if you start to think about that, how do we make that experience more accessible? Right and give the best seat in the house, especially think about courtside seats, right? We are literally able to take you courtside, and it is a jaw-dropping experience inside of Cosmo. So every, everyone knows, you know, 
Meta's chasing this. I got to imagine that if Apple releases a headset, they'll be chasing this courtside action 100%. as well. I mean, they've got, there, there's a reason why they've got Friday Night Baseball, right? Like they're, they're not, they're not dumb. How does, you know, the, a Cosm experience, you know, the value proposition versus I'm going to sit at home like I already do, but get courtside. What's the differentiator there? The differentiator is I think we're the best of at home and the best of at venue. Spin right. that out for me. So when you're at home, you're watching it. And by the way, a linear broadcast, the TV broadcast is amazing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It is great. You're at home. You got a 70-inch TV. It's good. You might have your family or friend or whatever with you watching it. But again, that's a chosen habit. Go to the venue and you got the big crowd, the energy of the crowd. Sight lines might not be great. You might be in the second deck of the bowl. You you know, food, lines, et cetera. It might not be great food. Now, Cosm, right? This is the best seat in the house with the energy of the crowd, like right? hundreds of people, up to 1,500 in here, where you still get that crowd, that action, that energy, and then layer in great food and drinks, craft cocktails, right? great beers, and you have this experience that we think is the best of both. Bringing in the linear feeds with an immersive feed, really exploiting our couch to cosm methodology, produce once, distribute everywhere. There's so many unique things we bring to bear um, at that cosm experience that fans, when they're there, it is, the world's best viewing experience. Now, unless you're actually maybe at the game on the 50-yard <laughs> line at the 10th row, right, in the VIP suite. Right. Little little pricey. Though, yes. Those. Exactly right. When someone walks into the Cosm building here in L.A., once it's it's up and running, what are they going to see? And is it, is it going to be the same every time, or is it going to be a little different? We really focus on the live programming. That's really core to who we are and what we're doing. Um, I am hopeful that every time a fan or a patron or a customer comes to Cosm, they're blown away by the experience, but it's always new every time they come. Yeah. That's our goal. We don't want it to be just a, a, a VOD set and repeat. Like, right. We want it to always be unique, new, and dynamic. But I mean, like, like, like walk us through, like someone walks in, because you talked about 1,500 people, so like, we're we talking like a big stadium seating setup and then like a like really large arc of screen or, or is it something else? Yeah, so um, the one here in LA, I believe it's like a 26 meter Taurus that wraps all the way around you with amazing, amazing like seating arrangement. It's not a theater. It's not where there's just rows and rows of seats. Mm. It's booths, it's communal, it's bars, integrated bars. It's meant for you to get up and walk around and explore. Okay, yeah. We're gonna have some live actors in there with themed entertainment at times. And there's times we can turn the whole thing into one dynamic experience. And then there's complementary spaces with additional you know, AV and display components. So there's always something happening as we transition the crowd through. And then there's a the third floor deck where you're going to stand on top of there, have an amazing, amazing cocktail and food experience, look at SoFi Stadium one way, the Intuit Dome the other, and be able to walk in and out between what's happening in the Cosm and the outdoor space, overlooking a dynamic mixed-use district at Hollywood Park that is the epicenter of sports entertainment um, and media in the world. That That is the vision of Cosm, and we're going to want you to come back. We're going we're gonna to have it, you know, the... the the whole mind share here is how do we make it Cosm worthy? How do we make our day-to-day Cosm worthy here mm. so that we can aspire to deliver that experience? Um, and that's the promise. The immersive field is really hopping right now. I mentioned this a little bit before in the failed recording attempt. You know, we've just seen Secret Cinema get, and you were actually the first to drop Secret Cinema in that now legendary interview. Uh, that's right. <laughs> this Secret, Secret Cinema got 
bought for $100 million by Todaytix. You know, Fever, which has a, you know, a ticketing platform and original setup, they're valued at a billion by Goldman Sachs, who, who led around funding. We're seeing a lot of activity there. Uh, Lighthouse today uh, in the Toronto Star it was announced that they've got a partnership with Disney going on. So where once there was immersive Van Gogh, there will soon be immersive Lion King. Um, how, where do you see Cosm? You know, I mean, obviously there's there's the Q-tip factor. That's right. But where do you see Cosm amongst this firmament? Because some of these folks are delivering very similar things, and some of these folks are delivering very different types of experiences. That's a great question. Um, you know, I feel like we really have our own lane amongst all of this mm. industry, right? Um, because at the core, we're a tech company. I mean, that's really the core. We have a... Uh, core software, rendering engine and platform. Um, we have amazing immersive apps that we sell through to the um, you know biggest hardware providers around the world. We produce the biggest sportsmen's world. We did the Beijing Olympics in VR, for example, which you might not have known. Mm -hmm. um, we have this really integrated cross-platform tech stack that we're continuing to develop. And we offer that technology so our partners can power experiences for their fans. Right now, with our launch of our venues business, we're actually gonna bring all that best kind of hardware capabilities, tech, et cetera, to life as a consumer-facing venue. So our goal, frankly, is to be this amazing destination where we can bring all the best creators in the world can come and create, and we can showcase that. We have programming in the day parts of like creator hours where we bring the community in and our software renders it beautifully and the creators are the heroes. Our goal is for the content and creator to be the hero at all times. And we want to scale. We have really big ambitions about scaling out our network. Um, and, and that's really how we think about it. Not from a one-off destination or a one similar lane, but being able to be cross-discipline, multi-platform, really poised to help accelerate the future state of the immersive industry and how that interacts with the experience economy. By the way, a lot of buzzwords there. Did I, a lot of buzzwords. Did I just, just gloss over? Uh, no, I mean, like, the good news is, is, like, between immersive industry and experience economy, a lot of the folks who listen to this show are, are read in. Yeah. So, like, someone says experience economy, and they're like, oh, Joe Pine's book, right? You know, and someone says, you know, immersive industry. I mean, we talk about immersive industry all the time. So, there's like, oh, that's, that's totally familiar right. to them. I mean, I think, you know, because I, I look at domes, and I look at... The, the volumes and I see this tech stack that can deliver more if it's done right more than just screen image you know what I mean 100%. like more more than just like a background for something else going on but there's also a way in which it can be leveraged very much uh, to go hand in hand with something live yep. so like I dream of the day when a touring show like the Stranger Things, which was just in San Francisco and New York, and yep. now I think it, I don't remember where it moved down to the East Coast, but I know here on the West Coast it's moving down to LA in November uh, when we're recording this, we're recording this in October. Um, and I dream of the day when a good chunk of that is happening on volumetric stages. Yep. Uh, and obviously there's physical build, also part of it in actors. So how all this gets integrated and, and who winds up on top, because we do have this range in, in, the, in the field from your secret cinema who right now are doing pop-up work to your meow wolves who have, you know, three facilities here in the United States right now that are pretty successful and they're opening two in Texas, Dallas and Houston. Yep. Right. Um, and 
And it is fun to see all of this flourish and for folks to find kind of like where they exist in it. And, and there's this interplay between the digital and the physical and the physical is the hard thing to reconfigure to create new experience around, but the digital side, you know, can just be kind of zapped out anywhere. So that's a key point. Like we need to design the physical spaces to be able to uh, leverage the adaptability of the digital, right? The, the yeah. newness and the interactivity. And that's really kind of the core intent of, of, of how our, our venues work is that we're going to have a, a, amazing areas to commune, to, to eat, to drink, et cetera, and to be in front of technology. And then now we can bring in the creators and the content that's always new and dynamic so that the experience is always fresh. Well, and there's the social component. Like, I'm really glad to hear that on, you know, one of those parts is having the bars, having the deck, because the most critical thing for a sporting event is the social component. Energy. Right? You need energy. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go with people. You want to go with your friends and, and, and figuring out how those dynamics work. And a, and a good chunk of that is already figured out. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. You know, think about it. So, so as we look at the programming, right, we want to be the spot where the content is the hero and it's actually known, trusted, celebrated IP. Mm-hmm. Right? There's fans of the Giants, like you mentioned in the yeah. beginning. They're here, <laughs> right? Like if we oh, yeah. have a Giants game at Cosm, it's going to be the world's best place to watch that game next to being in the Meadowlands, or yeah. what's it called now? City, it's not I City Field, it's... Uh, I've lost track. Golly, what's it called? But you know what I mean. I, I always go, oh, right? and I definitely know what you mean. And then at the same time, <laughs> though, when an amazing artist is playing at Red Rocks, right? Mm. I can show that feed here in LA, and it's going to be almost like you're there. Amazing sound fidelity, cool visuals, and yeah, the artist might be virtual, right? But they're there. And then at the same time later that night, I can have a live, live performer doing a ridiculous EDM show where the entire facility is just going off with lights and music and sound and that energy permeates through it all, right? And the through line, again, experience, right? And we're continuing to push our team to develop the technologies to to bring that to life. I've got two more pivots for you. Um, and I was going to go one way, but I, I'm actually going to land with the one that I've been thinking of the most. How does someone who was an offensive lineman in the NFL wind up Offensive in or offensive? Offensive. <laughs> offensive? Could be both. Could be both. Could be both. That could be very offensive. Hopefully not on this podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> I've done that since I was a child, so I'm not going to rag myself. <laughs> How does someone who was a lineman, right, holding that line, wind up the CEO of an immersive media company? How much time do you have? I mean, what is, what How much time do you have? Unbelievable. Yeah. Look, it's it's um, it's a fun story. I mean, I I love football. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. I you know, wish I could still play. It is the beauty of being a professional athlete is that clarity of mission, real time feedback, ability to improve, to come back after a loss and win the next play. There's so much great stuff about that. And let's not forget, I got fired from my dream job. People ask, you know, are you still a fan of Team XYZ? He's like, they fired me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and it's one of those things where I'm, 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 I'm passionate about the game and I'm thankful for the time I had, right? It's definitely a privilege, not a right, uh, to do what I was able to do. But the thing I think the, the, the most important part is the ability to work within a team construct and identify how you bring different talents, walks of life, uh, histories, backgrounds together to create something amazing, right? And then as a leader, focus on, really aligning on what are we doing as a company? How's my day-to-day impacted? And I think my experience as an athlete helps me break some of that stuff down because as an offensive lineman, my job 
right, was well-defined on every single play. Like, I know if the quarterback calls this run and the defense lines up in that position, I know what my job is, right? So understanding clarity of mission to have a team goal, that's part of, like, the leadership construct that we try to you know, have here at Cosm. And going through that, after I played football, I went back and got my, my full-time MBA, you know, kind of a reset, yeah. frankly, to go back and, and, and kind of reassess what's going on. And then it's finding out what did that experience I have give me that I can leverage going forward. And it was the ability to work with all those walks of life and do what some of the hard things were. Like one of the first companies I started out of business school was a mobile video platform. Um, and I was able to get professional athletes to create real-time content and then distribute it across a network, right? Prior to Instagram, Twitter having um, video in their feeds. And, it, and the easy stuff for me was getting the athletes to create real compelling content. That was the hard stuff for other people. Yeah. So then I was able to go out and find the hard, the hard stuff for me, which was getting the engineering talent, getting all that stuff figured out. And we were able to create some value around that. And so it's like, okay, we created some value there. We had clients like Fox, ESPN, leagues, et cetera, and we were able to have a successful business there. And I sold that business to Fox Sports. So I came with Fox Sports and the acquisition uh, to make it a successful um, uh, endeavor there. And then at Fox, I was able to lean in, a, in the cross-platform you know, multi-site distribution. How do we take the linear portfolio and show it in headset, mm. show it in social? How do we have the shoulder programming around it? What's the uniqueness of that, right? And that's where I started to learn about the immersive space. I, that was really the, the, the intro there. And, and I was able to go and, and look at stuff like the World Cup and the Super Bowl and all these things for VR and starting to learn more about Meta's ambition in the space and what the technology stack needed to be and how do you bring that the linear portfolio to the space and, and, and what are the business goals of each side? And that's part of it as well. Like how are those business goals align with the creative goals and the fan goals and all that stuff so you can make something that works. Um, and then eventually I transitioned out of Fox to go back and scratch the entrepreneurial itch. Got really excited about the blockchain and the early crypto winter and was looking about tokenizing IP and all those things. Um, and then Cosm, the opportunity presented itself. And, and I work with um, a guy named Steve Wynn, um, the I, not the Y, Wynn, okay. um, a, uh, a, a um, su successful businessman out of Dallas, um, and it's been off to the races ever since. And, and I'll never forget the moment um, when I was able to kind of realize the aha moment, right, is working with LED partners, and I was exploring it, vetting the opportunities of how do we want to really go out and take advantage of this business and it's live sports, can it happen, right? Can live sports in a dome happen good enough to where me, a guy that's actually played in the league, worked at a Fox Sports, yeah. could say, oh man, this makes sense. Like traveled around the world looking at all these, you know, prototypes and partners and trying to put this construct together. And I crawled through this dome or this window in the middle of nowhere, China, uh, where our LED partner um, is and, um, it was like, holy cow, this is going to work. Like off-the-shelf content, old stuff. It was just a test, like a what-if. Mm. Like the most basic rudimentary proof of concept you could ever imagine, right? I'm sweating. People are yelling. Like I'm this, <laughs> you know, big offensive lineman in the middle of nowhere, yeah. China, right? Yeah. You know, like what am I doing here? Like, you know. Oh, yeah. And Everyone's looking through. really funny. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I go, then and it was like, holy cow, this is going to work. And I was like, okay. This is going to be hard, right? Like, what, what do we have to do to get this done? But that moment was so compelling 
right? I'm getting it right now. Look, I'm getting chicken skin. I, I yeah. get it. I, I can't help myself. This is just, it's such an amazing experience that we can deliver that that pushed the ball down the hill. We've been going hard ever since. When we something immersive. companies, we've yeah. hired people. We've, it's, 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 it's rolling. When something immersive hits, it, it becomes all consuming. Like once oh. you've experienced it and when, and when something's not great in it, you're just like, Oh, what was that? I don't know. But then, but then even, even, even like, and, and people can get turned off. But the funny thing, and this may be like optimistic and naive of me, but I, I kind of feel like people have bad experiences with it. People have bad experiences with it when it's not great stuff. Like when they were handing out the Google cardboard and everyone yeah. was getting sick and I was like, I was screaming, what are you guys doing? And it was like, Oh, it's going to be great. We're going to introduce. It's like, you're going to turn everybody off. And, but then when something clicks, Oof. when something clicks, you know, people either come out with their tears streaming down their eyes or they come out completely like, I got to go back in. You got to put me back in. It evokes emotion. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's, to to- it's total. And, yeah. you know, to go out and prove that concept, we built the prototype in Salt Lake City. Right. So we have our experience center there where you can come and see it and, and it, it clicks. Like, imagine, you know, I think we, we close on the original business in 2020. Evans and Sutherland is when we acquired mm. it. April 6th. So peak COVID. Oh, my goodness. Right, and we have a team of rock stars in Salt Lake City through that business. That you know, I mean, hats off to them. We wouldn't even be close to where we are without the buy-in and and just the 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 lean-in that the team has had. But we built this experience center. It's an 8K LED dome, the first of our prototypes, leveraging the best of breed of all of our companies, and that's where you can come and see it and and just the emotion. We've had team members who I've had to recruit in that started crying when they got up there and saw it. Yeah. Like, and to be able to then combine that with. Imagine we did Beijing Olympics and sub three second latency live 8K feed on an immersive dome, right? Where you have a snowboarder coming over your head. I mean, it's just like we were able to realize the promise of what we're achieving. We've we've mitigated the tech risk and now it's about bringing it to life. And that's that's why I get so excited about where I am today, because we are we are on the brink of being the thing, right, that we think will will, will propel, propel this industry forward. Experience Center in Salt Lake, partner in Dallas. Why are you guys here in Los Angeles? Well, because it's the sports, media, entertainment capital of the world. Um, it is where the activity is, and uh, it's where I live, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> Helps out a little bit, yeah. Um, but with the first venue launch, right, um, we wanted to find great partners. We wanted to find people um, that uh, have big ambition, and big aspiration, and that was was so great about where we're going in Hollywood Park. Yeah, um, is that there is so much great activity happening over there, um, and then L.A. You know, um, the fact that we can have this interview right here, right? Mm-hmm. You know, locally, we can have partners that we we, we know, um, and we can kind of fast track that. And that's why I think like the the immersive industry in L.A. is just booming right now, is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And then the creative communities, you know, there's a lot of that here. Um, that's why we like it. Does the upcoming World Cup and then Olympics also factor into a little bit of, of your thinking on that one? Or is that oh, just, just cherry on top? That's cherry on top. That's just cherry on top. And we're going to be starting announcing our, our locations of our few venues we have in the works as well. So, you know, um, a little, you know, carrot out there. We've got more we're about to announce, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be fun. And we're going to be announcing some big partnerships and deals coming soon. Um, and so, uh, it's a very busy time. Corlin's going to be very busy. Um, the <laughs> audience hasn't met Corlin yet, but, uh, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about that, um, will 
continue to kind of validate the thesis and, and, and the uh, validity of the offering we're bringing to life. And by the way, to you and the audience, if you're ever in Salt Lake, if you're in Park City skiing, call us. We'd love to host you. We're, we host partners all the time. All right. Come check us out because it is awesome. I'll let, uh, I'll let my Sundance friends know. Oh, actually, we'll be doing a lot of Sundance programming. Fantastic. So hosting yeah. events, I think, at the very beginning um, and probably throughout. So yes, Sundance for sure. We're at Evans and Sutherland, our office is there at the University of Utah campus right in the foothills. So it is, uh, it's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Jeb, thank you so much for this today. This was, I'm, I'm excited. This is cool. Thank you. I appreciate the questions. An open book. Call us anytime. Again, I want to thank Jeb Terry for being our guest on the show. You can find out more and keep track of what Cosm is up to over at Cosm.com. That's C-O-S-M.com. Link, of course, in the show notes. Uh, hey, uh, Denver's next week. I uh, hope to see a bunch of you there. I know I'm going to see a bunch of you there. Uh, come say hi uh, when you when you see me. Uh, I, I will I will be very obvious at certain points, so I'll be identifiable uh, for those of you who who don't know what I look like. Um, I know some of you don't, uh, so there's there's always that. Um, we are very close in the backers. Five more backers would be amazing. Give me the confidence that like things are going. We're at this weird spot where like some things are going really well, and then there's this this looming cliff uh, coming in around March, where if things aren't all together by then, then uh, just the wheels are gonna fly right off the bus. You know me, I'm blunt. Uh, <laughs> it's true, uh, but we're, we're we're building momentum, so I'm I'm. I have some positivity here. I, I, I've got this feeling that we're going to, uh, by hook or by crook, uh, a few different ways, uh, we're going we're gonna to pull this through. Again, no podcast next week, but uh, the week afterwards, we've got Felix of Punch Drunk. Uh, and it doesn't mean that the website isn't going to be active next week. Because actually, after, after uh, a very long period of quietude, we have an update, an update to the uh, industry report uh, drafted by uh, Ricky Briganti and Sarah Elder of Pseudonym Productions. I'm not going off notes, I'm going off my brain. So I'm like, see it in your head. Uh, <laughs> That is going to drop this coming Tuesday, November 1st. Uh, it is a, a deep dive into a part of the 2020 report that was the last one that we released. And we'll kick off uh, what will be hopefully a, a semi-regular series of updates and smaller reports coming out of the pseudonym shop uh, and published uh, by us at the Immersive Experience Institute. And uh, just in time for Denver and uh, also just in time for the Infinity Festival, which I know some of you are going to in Hollywood over at Goya Studios uh, this same weekend, uh, because you know what? There's only so many weeks in the year and also uh, before IAPA, which is coming up uh, in the middle of the month. So, you know, there's a reason why we drop things at a certain time. Keep an eye on our feeds and keep an eye on the website. Uh, it will be published at uh, the Immersive Experience Institute's website. 
Uh, I'll drop a link in the show notes for that as well. Uh, again, coming on Tuesday, that brand new one. And we'll have Ricky and Sarah to talk on the show in not too long. And uh, we're going to do uh, at least one event, uh, a community event around the report uh, later in uh, November or December. Um, it's just it's packed right now. Uh, it's kind of really incredible how much stuff is going on. So again, if you want to keep us going, uh, Patreon's the absolute best way uh, to do that right now. Uh, and there'll be new ways in the new year to keep us afloat and alive. Patreon.com slash no proscenium for the moment. Um, that's it. Um, there was an alternate version of this, but it got too maudlin. So I'm like, no. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that you, you knew what was coming up and you knew what's on the way and that, uh, we are in this every single day, even the days when I'm on vacation. Anyway, um, <laughs> got to catch up with some people. It was good. Uh, and then I also did a lot of the Denver schedule, uh, which, which really took a lot of time. Wow. Like, like I spent 10 hours, uh, last Saturday, just just in spreadsheets, which can be meditative. I hyper, I hyper, uh, hyper focused during a lot of it. So I didn't actually notice the time uh, for most of that time, but it was a lot of time. Speaking of time, we've come to the end of ours for this week. The associate producer of No Proscenium is Parker Sella. Music for this podcast is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society, celebrating 10 years today when I'm recording this, and of Solar, the podcast. Special thanks to Shavana Lachlan for voicing our intro. And uh, everything wrong with the show is my fault. I'm Noah Nelson. And until next time, I'll see you at the show, especially if it's in Denver.